Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there. My gosh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hello. It's uh, me, Lynn Cullen. It's May 19th, the day after the May primary and uh, a true bombshell of an election with the ouster of two-term incumbent Bill Peduto. Um, I want to tell you a little story about last night. I uh, took my dog out for a walk. It was about 8.45. And uh, we walked a long time, and I found myself uh, walking up Bill Peduto's street, which I often do. And I, I was thinking that one of the problems, I think, that happened, I was trying to figure out how he lost his way in a way, how he was co-opted by the powerful and lost his connection to the people, to the, I mean, in as much as he had a connection with the people, they were people who were representatives of the people who were politically active. But as far as Bill sort of having a sense of what non-political Pittsburghers, just everyday folks were feeling, were thinking, were worrying about, I don't think he had a clue anymore. And I was, when I was walking, I was thinking, where did he, and then I thought of one thing as I approached his house. There is, when I'm walking on that street, and it's, it's one street over essentially from where I live, so it's not stalking him. Um, there is often a Pittsburgh police car there, in front of his house or a little bit up from his house. And I, it's strange, but often I will see the car come, I'll see the car go, and I realized over the last few years seeing that, that that was his, he didn't, I guess, drive himself. He was driven everywhere in, uh, a Pittsburgh police vehicle by Pittsburgh police. I assume his security are Pittsburgh police officers. And, you know, one of my complaints about him and one of the reasons I did not vote for him was because of the way he handled the Black Lives Matter protests here. Because of his, I felt, deference to the police when I didn't think they deserved deference. And it, I kept thinking, you know, if you ride every day, seven days a week, month after month, with a cop, with cops, and you start really bonding with those cops and you, you, you trust them with your life. I think that's part of where he had trouble. And it was odd because as I approached his house last night, I initially didn't see the car. And then I did. It was a, for some reason, it didn't look like the others. It, it was, um, not painted in the, in the same way. And I had to look twice at it to make sure it was Pittsburgh police and it was and it was parked right in front of his house and I thought so he's in there he's waiting and I had been counting the Peduto signs on my walk and the Ganey signs 
in Peduto's neighborhood. And Peduto had, I think my final count was two more signs than Ganey, but very few Peduto signs in his own neighborhood in Point Breeze. And as I walked, I thought, you know, I, I'd been having this feeling. I think you sort of know that. I think he's, he's gonna lose. He's going to lose. I felt it. Now, I voted for Ed Ganey. I don't know much about Ed Ganey. I will admit my vote for Ed Ganey was a vote against Bill Peduto. Because although I know him to be a good man, a conscientious, hardworking public servant, eight years is enough. And while he did many good things, he got, to my mind, just totally absorbed into the power structure of this city that doesn't give a hoot about the regular people. It gives a hoot about all the rich people they know, about the connected people they know. But most of the rest are not uppermost in their minds or in their priorities. And I I feel that Bill Peduto, like every Pittsburgh mayor I have ever seen, was co-opted by the nonprofits, the Eds and the Meds, the big universities, UPMC, the corporations, and the developers. And that's, that ain't the people. I am hoping that Ed Ganey will be able to resist that co-option. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if I'm being naive, if this is the case in every city in the country, almost in the world, this is how things work. The rich control everything. And they don't give a hoot about the lesser of us. I say lesser, meaning money, people who don't have it, and consequently don't have power. But you know what? What yesterday proved is people who have a vote collectively have great power. So the people spoke yesterday. And it is, uh, it was higher turnout than in a normal midterm election. And I'll tell you what, I think that those Black Lives Matter protesters who really, really were let down by Mayor Peduto, I think they're behind this upset because they became a very galvanized activist force of young people who had not necessarily been politically active or gone to the polls before. And Black Lives Matter committed them to 
getting active in politics. And I think yesterday's election is a huge shift in that you see the first presumptive black mayor of Pittsburgh. I had said since I've lived here that Pittsburgh will never elect a black mayor. Still hasn't. This is a primary. I want to get to that later. But if you look at the uh, all those judges, all the judges' races, my gosh, most of the progressive, really progressive candidates won. Six of the nine on the Democratic primary ballot for common pleas were women. Four of those were black. This has the potential of changing the face of our judiciary. And this is how change happens. And these young people have finally gotten the message. Now, I, I said presumptive. mayor, because this was a primary. There's a general election, of course, in November. And the Republicans had no nobody up for mayor. I guess people were writing people in. So maybe some guy, we don't know yet, won by just having more write-in votes than anybody else. But I wonder if the powers that be worried that Ganey might not be as co-optable as other mayors have been. I wonder if they're now busily chattering and working on finding somebody who will run as an independent against Ganey in the general election. If they're really smart, they'll find somebody who's black. <laughs> but odds are that Ed Ganey is going to be the next mayor of Pittsburgh. And, uh, wow, that is historic. Historic. I hope he's up to it. I hope um, he surrounds himself with really good people. And I hope the powers that be understand that the little people are really hurting and that they are fighting back in every way that they can. Taking to the streets in peaceful protest and going to the ballot. The collective action that is the foundation of a democracy where the little people can take out the powerful people who are not listening anymore. I don't know. I'd be interested in hearing what you guys think. I think another brilliant thing that happened on the part of these activists is that they had two referenda on the ballot. And both those referenda were written in a way that anyone who cares about 
racial and social justice issues would be drawn to the polls to vote for these referenda, one having to do with solitary confinement and other noxious uh, restraint procedures used uh, apparently all too liberally at the Allegheny County Jail, and also the banning of no-knock uh, warrants by the Pittsburgh police. Both of those coming out of the Black Lives Matter movement, both of those pulling people to the polls, and both of those winning overwhelmingly. This wasn't your usual, this wasn't your grandma's election. You know, we always used to say, oh, those old people, those old white people, they vote, they vote every time. It's why we're where we're at. And the young people don't vote. Well, my sense of what happened is that the young people and those who support their dreams and hopes for a better future because they've been handed a raw, rough hand. They and those who care about them, I think, voted more than the old white people did. I am an empath by nature, so part of me feels sorry for Bill Peduto, as I said, I think a good man and a guy who worked hard. It's hard to be rejected. And he was. And he handled it incredibly well. I can't believe how swiftly he conceded. He conceded I, when I, I don't even think 50% of the vote was in. Not sure about that, but there was no drawn-out thing. He conceded really stunningly early. And he says he will work to get Ed Ganey elected. He has said all the right things. We'll see. I saw Richard Sterold in the background of some photos. Um, boy, he looked freaked. And I suppose he should, although he has the benefit of a county electorate as opposed to just the city uh, electorate. But, uh, you know, the old boy network, the Pittsburgh power structure, took one on the chin yesterday. And, uh, you know, we, we have yet to see what that will bring, but um, I think it's good. I think it's really good. And I want to say that it is rare for this city's black community to have reason to celebrate. I saw a statistic today that said, with all the, you know, the crunching of numbers that have, the University of uh, Pittsburgh has done over the years, looking at the state of black Pittsburgh, quantifying it, what it boils down to is that a black person in Pittsburgh who packed up and left, as we know many, many, many have, in fact, we know, what is it, 6,000 have in just the last five years. It's another indictment of Peduto's administration. That kind of an out-migration. And it said that, and this is, I think, mind-blowing, that a black Pittsburgher packing his or her
almost anywhere else in this country, any other city in this country, will immediately enjoy a better quality of life. And the entire time I've lived in this city, no one has dealt with that damning reality. No one in the mayor's office. No one. They pay lip service to it. But nothing changes. In fact, it seems to get worse. And so, I am so happy for Pittsburgh's black community that they, we suspect, will soon be able to look at the most powerful person in Pittsburgh politically. And it is a black man from Lincoln Lemington. It ain't enough, but it's a start. Um, I think I have a call. Caller, go ahead, please. Hi, Lynn. Good morning. It's David. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, you doing? Sound, you sound relieved. I don't know. I, I'm a little bit relieved. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I'm happy. I, I have to admit, I mean, I wasn't as shocked as a lot of people probably were because I was just getting this feeling walk in the neighborhood um, thinking this doesn't look like it should look if Bill Peduto is going to win. Maybe maybe 6,000 uh, white people will leave Pittsburgh in the next four years. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Possible. I mean, that, that, whole, that whole discussion about, you know, the, the people being uh, pushed out of East Liberty and yeah. where are they going to go? Um, well, maybe they'll end up coming back to East Liberty. I mean, I there's a possibility. I don't see how they can't they can't afford to live in East Liberty anymore. Yeah, the housing it, it's 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 crazy. Whenever they they just basically knocked down. I don't know how many units was that in East Liberty that disappeared. It's, well, I mean, just huge. I mean, they just keep yes. Now they do build some new uh, and and. One would say it looks certainly nicer, uh, but there's not enough of it, and it apparently isn't uh, affordable enough. You wouldn't have this incredible loss of of black people, you know, getting the hell out of here. Yeah. They can't afford to live here, or they're sick and tired of living in this town because, well... It's just a race. Pregnant girls. I don't, but I, I mean, well, I know count, of such homes. Yeah. Well, the, count, the county ran this operation. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was, you know, these, these young women that uh, had been dispossessed due to pregnancy. Um, it was a place where they could have their kids and, I don't know, make the decision, I guess, on whether to give them away or not. And, uh, um, it's since become a, um, it's called hearth and it's for battered women. Um, and because they've had the experience well, the, the suburban experience, uh, Mount Royal Boulevard goes through, um, Shaler, And that's where this, um, hearth is at with what used to be the Zor home. And, um, um, there's a there there at least appears to be a lot more affordable um, housing that's right along that um, bus route. Mm. Now there now there's still a food desert there, but it's but it's not as bad. Um, a, a little Coons uh, supermarket opened uh, not too far from from that that uh, route there, and uh, people can get on that bus and get their groceries and, uh, and go home, you know, and, uh, so it's kind of a, a neat thing. And, um, but Shaler, Shaler, um, is where a lot of the, the, um, affordable housing is at. 
And that's where the uh, marching was going on, the Black Lives Matter um, demonstration. Yeah, that was counter, uh, yeah, and there were counter protests, yep, exactly. ugly counter protests. And, and that's... Um, People screaming at a little black uh, boy who was, I guess, trying to speak. Yeah. Yep, yep. And that's that was the, Shaler. And that's the whiplash thing. That's, you know, I, I think that one is related to the other. That there are more poor people uh, because they have to move out. That are that you know the, the the maybe having friends at hearth or having to go to hearth themselves for for protection um, for you know whatever amount of time they're allowed to stay there. I'm not sure the the the, the details, but um, that may have opened up that that little area there, and um, I certainly hope that's the case. Um, well, let's, I don't know. I don't want to put too much uh, on uh, this one uh, election and how it suggests change. But I do think uh, that we all know now we are not living, this last few years, we are not living in normal times in our country. And uh, people are very much awake. Oh, and, yeah. The, uh, the and, at the polls yesterday, it was split uh, between the elderly voter um, and the, um, the, young, the young people. Really? And and See, I voted were, by mail, so I never saw the, what was happening at the, at the polling places. But I just have a sense, even from my own son, that young people have been... Uh, awakened by oh, yeah, yeah. by George Floyd's death, by the Black Lives Matter protests, and those protests, um, for those who were, never went to one, were all like um, they were like teach-ins from back in the anti-Vietnam War days. They were speaker after speaker informing these young people about the realities about what was and how things worked. And I, I was blown away, the one that I did go to, mm-hmm. which, by the way, um, stopped in front of Bill Peduto's house. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are a number of them that stopped in front of his house. And, um, and then they started, yeah, teaching. And they were teaching about bills that were in the legislature, and they were teaching about how things work. And man, those kids, black and white, were just sitting there paying incredible attention. Okay. So there's a whole new bunch of young activists that are taking leadership roles, that are, uh, I just, I, I hope to hell, I don't think they're going to all of a sudden stop this win uh, yesterday is going to energize them more and show them, hey, this works. If we get active, we can change things. And that's what's so wonderful about yesterday. Well, I was very surprised that there were so many young people voting yesterday. Yeah. And, okay. I mean, it's 200, a- you know, two, we had 215 people vote. Mm-hmm. And um, we thought maybe a very anemic, you know, eight, 75, 80 people. I, I brought a book to read. I mean, I, I, I didn't have an opportunity to, to uh, pick up a book the whole time I was at the polls yesterday. So, so you I mean, worked I, the polls. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, my, my wife and I were working the polls. Okay. And so you saw, you had a much bigger turnout than you expected and you much saw a lot and, 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 and younger and a younger crowd than I expected. Okay. And, um, and exactly what I assumed. And split pretty much down the middle, Democrat and Republican. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that, and thanks for you and your wife's uh, work. Well, we're going to keep doing it. So. Good. Good for you. Thank you so much. Sure. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, I got uh, this from William. Uh, gee, I, I, uh, I wish his name was Alan. He's talking about Ganey. I wish his name was Alan instead of Ed, uh, because that would make more sense to me. A mayor of Pittsburgh named Alan Ganey. <laughs> God. 
All right. Strange the way some heads work. And then uh, William says, I also hope he doesn't make me wish I voted for Marino, Marino, or whatever the hell his name was. Uh, no, you should never have voted for that guy. Um, and so I'm assuming that your vote was an anti-Peduto vote, too. And, you know, it, it, I, I, I hate when I go to the polls and I vote against someone as opposed to for someone. And it's not, again, as if I'm voting against the man, Bill Peduto, because I, I, I like him and I respect him. I'm voting against the, I guess, just the, seems like the inevitability that happens when you're eight years in a position where you got to deal with the high and mighty all the time because they're the ones who make things work. And they wear you down. They wear you down. I guess. So, again, don't get ahead of ourselves. Ed Ganey is, the word is presumptive. Oh, William says, no, I voted for Peduto. I'm just kidding. I didn't get the joke, but I like the Alan Ganey, Alan Ganey. Um, so anyway, that's, that's what I uh, have to say, uh, I guess, about that. I will, I will eagerly await uh, more of the uh, number crunching that uh, some of the political reporters will be doing uh, to get a sense of uh, where Ganey's support came from. He had a, a lot of support in Bill Peduto's neighborhood. I'm telling you that. I mean, that the signs didn't just say it. I believe the numbers showed it, too. Uh, so, we'll see. I guess... Uh, it's a warning to all you pals that things are changing. Young people have awakened. Uh, they're struggling, and they're mad, and they're active, and they are going to continue to be active. I saw on Twitter someone say, so I guess Pittsburgh's not a racist town anymore if we're going to have a black mayor. I mean, only 25% of the population's black, and we're going to have a black mayor. Yeah, right. It doesn't say anything about the systemic racism in this city that runs like the, the three rivers through this uh, city's uh, political reality and corporate reality and in every way. And just as the election of Barack Obama did not mean that the United States was not a country that had a systemic racism problem. As a matter of fact, it was the election of Barack Obama and then the unbelievable re-election of this black man that galvanized America's racism and it's racists and they're going full-throated full throttle now Donald Trump would never have been the president of the United States if Barack Obama had not preceded him Got to get to the um, old bit of the day because it's one of our own. You know, we lay claim to anyone who, by happenstance, gets born and raised here, and that, of course, is one of the funniest actors who I, I just adored, Charles Grodin. East Liberty, Sliberty, 
I believe. Um, I think the New York Times got something wrong in their obit. They say... Charles Sidney Groden was born on April 21, 1935, in Pittsburgh. Well, I think his name was Grodinsky. So I don't think Charles Sidney Groden was born because that wasn't his name. And I, if I'm, I mean, that's that's a pretty big mistake for for the paper to make, but I I do think, you know, like so many other uh, actors who were Jews, uh, y- you drop that part of the name that's going to uh, identify you as such. But he grew up here, he dutifully went off to the University of Pittsburgh where he lasted, I don't know, a week or two. Um, then I, I don't know, he went to the University of Miami or something, and then he came back here and was at the Pittsburgh Playhouse, and eventually, it took him a while, because he wasn't, you know, he, he, he was, I, I saw the perfect adjective for him. You know how the, the right word, this is if you ever wondered the proper usage of this word, Think of Charles Grodin because it's it is him. He was droll, D R O L L. He he could steal a scene without a word, with just his plastic face, with just a. Uh, uh, look of his, uh, you know, a change in his eyes or his eyebrows. He was, uh, he was wonderful. And I think, I mean, I know I see the headline in the New York Times says, star of Beethoven and heartbreak kid. And to me, the role that it just blew me away was uh, Midnight Run with Robert De Niro. I think it's one of the funniest films ever you know i guess it classifies as a buddy film normally i can do without buddy films but man that pair simply wondrous and if you've never seen it make a point of seeing it um and i also loved him in another film i love so much the one uh, starring warren Beatty. uh why am i blanking on the name i he had a it wasn't a, a big role, but he's so every time he's in a scene, I'm telling you, he he steals it. I'll be darned if I can think of uh, that that wonderful movie about the guy who uh, inadvertently is oh heaven can wait heaven can wait. I just that's a movie that's been made and remade and then made again. Um, Russ writes, I think that Marino actually took enough Peduto votes to give it to to Ganey. The majority of those votes would probably not have voted for Ganey and gone and gone with Peduto had Marino not been in the race. Um, I don't know, in absolute numbers, if you were to give all of Marino's votes to Peduto, does he then win? I mean, it, it wouldn't be that solid. Um... But, you know, I, I mean, I'm thinking of so many of these uh, mayoral primaries uh, in Pittsburgh where there are just too damn many people on the ballot. There are always people like this math tutor guy uh, who didn't even get a, did he get a thousand votes? I don't think so. That, you know, come in and, pe- yeah, they take votes away from somebody who has a genuine shot. Marino did not have a genuine shot either. So yes, he would be a spoiler. Um, but why would people who would never have voted for Ganey, see, I mean, Marino's voters would never have voted for Ganey. So why 
playing a spoiler role, would they then essentially, by voting for Marino, elect Ganey? It just doesn't make any sense. But then, of course, maybe they don't make any sense and then sort of, you know, think it out clearly enough. Yeah, Aaron, you ask a good question, and I don't know. Uh, Aaron says, yesterday we heard from uh, Roger, one of our audience and caller, that um, there were poll workers that weren't showing up because they were protesting the so-called, you know, big lie or something. And uh, Aaron saying, was that ever substantiated? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I know that I I immediately forwarded it to uh, Ryan Dito. Uh, Ryan immediately got in touch with Roger. Roger gave him the information for the friend who was the poll worker. And the fact that I never saw anything suggests that uh, it didn't pan out. I don't know. I mean, I've seen nothing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Wish I could be more helpful. Uh, oh, my God. Never doubt the New York Times. Jonathan. Groton is correct. According to Wikipedia, his paternal grandfather changed the family name from Grodinsky to Groden. So by the time he was brought into this world, he was a Groden and not a Grodinsky. All right. Well, then I'll tell you who got it wrong. Where'd I read the Grodinsky one? The Pittsburgh paper. Shame on them. <laughs> Someone got it wrong and set me up like this. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so I think I'm sort of talked out on this, um, although I know I'm having friends over tonight and we'll be talking and talking and talking and then I'll have friends tomorrow and we'll be talking and talking and talking, but I, I mean, I think I've said what I, uh, what I had to say. Speaking of Ryan Dito, speaking of City Paper, uh, there was this, and it's a bit old, but it has to do with the uh, Michael Lamb, the Pittsburgh controller, who did an audit of the uh, police Citizen Police Review Board. And, man... Uh, it shows there's a chart that Lamb put together of all of the complaints in, within a 10-year period, I think from 2000, oh, 2010 to 2019, of complaints brought before the citizen police review board, people who felt they had been mistreated by a Pittsburgh police officer. Um, and if you look at these numbers, it's mind-blowing. Because what it shows to me is that there's about... You know, we're always hearing it's bad apples. I mean, I don't know what you would consider a bad apple. Okay, you're a cop. How many times do you think someone would be so angry at the way they were treated by you that they would go through the process of drawing up a complaint um, about that? Now, it turns out that according to Lamb's count, 460 Pittsburgh police officers 
had one complaint lodged against them in that 10-year period. Now, I'm thinking those 460 are probably pretty good cops. <laughs> in 10 years, if all that happened is one person was so angry that they, okay, right. So 460 had received one complaint. The number drops to 215 when you ask how many had two complaints in a 10-year period. So that gives us like 775 Pittsburgh cops who've, you know, had a complaint or two uh, lodged uh, against them. At what point do you think it's something that you would really flag? It also, I guess, depends on what the complaints are. But the number of complaints goes from 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, okay? If a cop has had 10 complaints, should they still be on the force? I'm asking. If a cop has had 8 complaints lodged against them, should they still be on the force? Because 9 Pittsburgh police had 8 13 cops had 7 complaints, 26 had 6, 45 had 5. I, I just don't know. Are you doing your job right? If that often somebody feels that aggrieved by an interaction with a person that's supposed to protect and serve them. And unbelievably, there is one officer here who had 57 complaints against him. 57 complaints. No one even close. The next closest are two officers who've had 15 complaints. Why would an officer still be on the force to rack up that kind of accomplishment. Why? But the audit that Lamb did showcases that it is not the entire police force. It is a relatively small number of officers who receive an outsized share of the complaints for infractions. Pittsburgh police officer Paul Abel, who was videotaped uh, being a bad cop on more than one occasion and finally let go just recently, he had more than a dozen complaints during his tenure and he should not have been on the force to collect that many. So you got to wonder about these guys and there's, you know, you could add up a good hundred of them, almost a hundred, who've had more than five complaints. Uh, okay, so that's uh, uh, something that caught my eye and, uh, and made me ask some pretty obvious questions like, what WTF? What's going on? If the Citizen Police Review Board can see the same names cross their desks constantly and those officers remain on the fort. Shouldn't be. Wouldn't happen to almost anybody else in any other profession. 
right? Right. I just said right. And then I said right again to agree with myself. Uh, where am I? Oh, I'm sorry, but I, I, jeez. I have to, um, oh no, I'm not going to go there because I can't stand it. What's going on with the UFO stuff? Um, was I sleeping and all of a sudden, uh, the, the Navy, uh, the Defense Department is actually letting us see some of these, uh, extraordinary videos they've taken <clears throat> of totally unexplainable, I mean, totally unexplainable actions by an object. I mean, impossible as far as our ability uh, to, I wish I could find this thing I saw. It was mind-blowing. And I'm looking at some footage right now that uh, was photographed by some guys in the Navy. They were aboard the USS Omaha. They were off the coast of California, and man, they're watching this thing, and they don't have a clue. It is this sort of cylindrical black thing hovering right above uh, the ocean, and it's moving sort of a little here, there, sort of skittering around right at the top, and then all of a sudden, I mean... It just friggin' disappears. Bang! It's gone. And they went looking to see if they could find it. They never found a thing. And it turns out there's a lot of these kinds of... They got videos of things that cannot be explained. And I'm wondering why all of a sudden there's this willingness to show us some of this stuff so that people who say, you know, UFOs, I'm telling you, they're out there, are not going to be laughed at as much. Uh, and I, for one, won't be laughing. Now, why would, I mean, I can understand why governments of the world who might be aware of these sightings and incapable of explaining them would want to sit on them and not show the people because... <laughs> Well, because it would uh, sow hysteria, whipped up by media. So, can you imagine social media on on this? And I always thought that if you ever wanted to bring the world together, then you know, just like so many sci-fi movies, have the world, uh, you know, be, be threatened by uh, another another civilization from outer space so that we're all literally in it together and have to work together. Uh, but I think the calculation that has been made is that's not necessarily what would happen. <laughs> I guess. But I'd be very curious. And I know presidents have said that, um, Barack Obama has said that he asked about it and, and, you know, was told that there, there are these sightings that they have no ability to comprehend. Uh, these, these, whatever you want to call them, these UFOs performing in ways that uh, are against our laws of physics and any kind of propulsion system we might have a clue about. So... I don't know. Bree says the, the new term is UAP. What does that mean? Unidentified aerial 
think my UFO still exists, so the name has changed. But what does it mean? Unidentified, uh, astounding projectile. Unidentified, uh, unidentified aerial propulsive. I don't know. Bree says, I followed this closely over the years. The willingness to show us is because the stories are being reframed as intrusions into restricted airspace, so it becomes a national security issue. All right, but what does UAP mean? Henry writes, Lynn, excuse me if you don't recover this, but it was very disappointing to see that, oh, my God, yes, thank you, I didn't cover it. Oh, God, I think I repressed it. I repressed it. Well, we were enjoying, you know, the results here in the city. Uh, if you bring in the rest of this uh, uh, pencil tucky, uh, those two constitutional amendments that the uh, that the Trump party uh, put on the ballot that would essentially allow the Trumpistas, the General Assembly, to override the governor's powers to declare states of emergency and for how long and all that. This has always been an executive power. This is being watched. This was watched by a lot of other states where the government is bought by bought and owned by the Trump Trumpers and the fact that they pull this off here they have uh, emasculated in some respects uh, the executive and I'm stunned I am stunned that anyone would think that would be a good idea it was of course the pandemic that caused it. And what Republicans do is for something that I, it says that an executive order can stand for only what, a few days as opposed to whatever is necessary as if it could, I, I can't even talk about it. It just blows my mind. Henry says effectively this transfers emergency powers to the controlling party, uh, in the Pennsylvania legislature. Well, that has been the Trump party and um, will continue to be for a long, long time after they get done gerrymandering us again. The difference was only 139,000 votes, most of those coming from, yeah, the Kentucky part of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Middle of the state. That's right. Don't tell me I got to wear a mask. That's where they were coming from. Bree, you still haven't told me what that means. Bree has said, though, based on all I've read and seen, this is not any special advanced force of the USA. There are several explanations. Oh, oh, it is. I'm sorry, I didn't see it. Unidentified aerial phenomenon. Okay, that's the P. Oh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Okay. And just wrapping things up, Bob and Braddock says, what makes last night's primary win for Ed Gain even sweeter is that the Penguins won the Stanley Cup playoff game as well. Yeah, they had to. Yeah, great. Good night for Pittsburgh. All right, you guys, that's it. Good Lord. Um, I'll talk at you again tomorrow, okay? And uh, enjoy this extraordinary weather. Okay, don't forget to water your plants. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host, and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.